You're listening to the ILC Radio Network, brought to you by the Iowa Lean Consortium and Zone Strategies. Today's guest on the ILC Radio Network podcast is Jim Morgan, PhD, Senior Advisor for Product and Process Development at the Lean Leadership Institute, and author, co-author of two books, Designing the Future and the Toyota Product Development Systems. Due to technical difficulties, we are joining the interview in progress. Here's your host, Stephen Wilson. In the world of, of Six Sigma, you've got the demaic process for improvement, but then you have the design for Six Sigma. You're designing that quality into the product. So is that, without you know being an, an, an exact, that's, that's kind of similar, but looking at it further upstream, so you're not even having some of these issues. Is that correct? That's right. So um, it's a similar type of thinking um, is looking at this opportunity to design in countermeasures, uh, you know, before you launch the, the product in manufacturing or before you, um, you know, create a service. Um, it gives you an opportunity to start to think about your customers, start to think about how to create specific value for a targeted customer. And then to think about creating value streams instead of products in isolation. Um, to think about every value creating step that's involved in bringing this product or service to your customer and doing that in a collaborative way. One of the key differentiators of LPPD is that it's an enterprise activity. It's not just an engineering activity. And so it's designed to create a collaborative, transparent environment uh, where you bring the enterprise together to focus on creating value for the customer early in the process. And so you have invaluable input from installation people or service people or manufacturing people um, that helps you um, optimize the value stream that you're creating. So what are some of the what are some of the challenges that organizations face along the way of, of moving in that direction? Another uh, really good question, Stephen. Um, so unlike, say, working in manufacturing, where it's possible to have a significant impact um, in sort of pockets of excellence in product development, it's really important to engage senior leadership. Um, to uh, bring the enterprise together, uh, meaning you know supply chain, manufacturing, marketing, along with design and engineering, uh, to work together, and so that can uh, you know create some difficulties, especially in organizations that are um, highly siloed. But of course, those are the organizations that need this the most um, because uh, LPBD helps to break down those silos in the way that it brings these, uh, you know, functions together. Uh, one of the, the, the things that really stood out here as well uh, is this, this notion of driving out fear and that being um, an element that, that or certainly uh, an area that you focus on. And I remember back to, uh, Deming's 14 points of driving fear out of the workplace. What, how much of a role does, does fear play in, in our workplaces today? 
Yeah. So uh, Deming was was not wrong. Um, no. And the the longer I work at this, the more I recognize the wisdom uh, in many things that that Deming taught us. Um, fear is, I think, the thing that holds back organizational learning um, more than any other element. Oftentimes when um, companies talk to me about organizational learning, they're looking for the tool. They're looking for the, you know, the technology that's going to make them more effective in uh, gathering information and then reapplying it as they go forward. Mm-hmm. But um, I would argue that the biggest limitation in learning is fear in your organization, right? Fear of failure, fear of just saying, I don't know. Let's, let's figure this out. Let's do the experiment and see what we learn. Um, fear of, um, you know, being wrong, um, of a failed experiment. I think those are the things that um, really hold back learning. And leadership is absolutely crucial in setting the tone uh, and creating the right environment uh, for people to collaborate and learn and sort of move the whole organization uh, forward. So, and, and you, you, you bring up leadership. I think one of the things that I've seen as well is that there's a fear in leadership, is there not as well? For sure. Um, so one of the leaders that uh, I admire most and one of my mentors was uh, Alan Mulally. Um, and he really set the tone at Ford. He changed the culture in the time that he was there and enabled people to fully collaborate, right? He had what he called a people first leadership style. And in, the, in interviewing him for the book, um, we asked, Jeff and I asked, what exactly does that mean? And his answer stunned me uh, for a, you know, sort of automotive aerospace guy. Uh, it means I love you as a person, he said, um, and I care about you and I care about um, your experience with the company. Um, we need to create a culture where the how matters just as much as the what. And so um, I believe that working that way he was able to inspire people to uh, do more and be more than they ever thought possible. Well, and that goes right back to, you know, one of the, the, the principles of lean, right? Respect for people. Um, That's exactly right. And, and their talents, right? Creating an inclusive environment where everybody can contribute. Um, and, you know, there's sort of one team and one focus um, on how we're going to create value and how we're going to really um, design the future of the organization. I mean, that's the, that's the power of working in product and process development is the work that you do then and the decisions you make during the development process is truly creating the future for the organization. Oh, that's it. And, and I think, one of the things that, uh, that I have seen as well, and I'm sure you have, is uh, there, there, a lot of organizations are, in fact, yes, doing, doing uh, I hate to use this term, doing lean, right? Um, so I, I have conversations with people, yeah, we, we, we did lean, or, or, or we're doing yeah. it. Just, yeah, it's, this, uh, it's not a, a, a way of, it's not a way of life, it's not a way of, of, of doing business, but 
a lot of organizations, if you will, are doing lean. Uh, and so one of the things that I have seen as the uh, differentiator is the ability and uh, to, to increase the speed at which you're making improvements and, and, and making changes. And so do you see that, that, uh, that the, the lean product and process development assists with that then helping that uh, be able to make those changes quicker and better changes and just that whole iteration process? So it can. I mean, it's, it's like uh, most of the principles and practices of uh, lean. They're potentially extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned something earlier about doing lean. Um, yeah. My sense is that as soon as lean becomes an initiative, uh, it's doomed, right? And yeah. so this is a this is a, a really um, sort of difficult thing to manage and to be effective. Uh, you need to embed lean principles and practices into the way you do your work, yeah. um, as opposed to um, you know sort of it's what we do every other Friday, right? We have our lean meeting kind of thing, um, and the same thing is true in product and process development. The same thing is true with a management system. So um, I, just like a lot of people, uh, had experienced companies who said, oh, we did A3s, we did OBEA, we did value stream mapping, it didn't work here, right? Mm -hmm. um, the same thing is true with different management uh, practices. Oh, those don't, you know, those don't work here. And so I really struggled with understanding um, what what was behind all that, right? Because I knew they were incredibly effective tools. Um, why weren't they effective? Clearly, these companies were, you know, doing their best to implement this, and they were just weren't having the effect. And so I looked at this problem um, in sort of a microcosm, just looking at management systems, and came to the conclusion that there's two critical elements to an effective management system. Uh, which you can then extrapolate to the rest of lean processes. And that's your operating system, which are your tools and specific practices and leader times leadership behavior. And those two together create an effective management system. If you use tools like, let's say, OBEA or visual management, and your aim is to create transparency and get people to surface issues early in the process so that you can uh, work together to solve them. But then every time somebody brings something up, uh, they get a wire brushing from leadership, then pretty soon that um, OBEA, the visual management on your OBEA walls, just becomes wallpaper, right? Because nobody's gonna surface issues, right? right. Um, and so that's that combination of uh, appropriate leadership behavior and the tools. So I think of it as sort of a, the skills of a craftsman and the tools that he or she uses uh, to create something, right? They, um, you know, both are equally important and you need to work on improving both simultaneously. And I think you can see the application of that across, um, you know, a whole spectrum of lean practices. Yeah, boy, there, there's 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 so much there. Hey, you, you those that are listening, you 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 have to make it to the the ILC conference, the Iowa Lean Consortium conference, which is going to be held October 29th through the 31st at the Sheraton Hotel in West Des Moines. 
uh, registration, you can go to iowalean.org and get registered. Uh, Jim Morgan, who's uh, our, my guest today, is a PhD, he's a senior advisor for product and process development at the nonprofit Lean Enterprise Institute, and he is going to be one of the keynote speakers, and he will be speaking on the morning of October 30th from uh, 9.15 to, uh, to 10.30, and I'm sure that he will be there at other times uh, throughout the, uh, the conference, so I do encourage all to, uh, to come and uh, to, to get registered and, uh, and participate in uh, that upcoming fall conference. I believe last year we actually, we had I believe close to 400 and there were individuals that, uh, some, some speakers and uh, individuals that have participated in other areas and they were quite surprised uh, at the size uh, and the, the number that of or individuals and organizations that we had present there here in uh, uh, in Iowa. So uh, it uh, is fast becoming uh, a very uh, well attended and for good reasons. Just as as we're having great speakers like uh, like Jim, not only in in uh, an understanding of uh, but but the practical application of of lean and uh, these methodologies. Uh, Jim, what's your what's your primary? I, I don't. I'm not asking you to uh, uh, to give away the the secret sauce here. But what what's your uh, what's your focus going to be when uh, when you're at the conference? What can folks uh, anticipate? So um, I will provide some uh, basic uh, background on LPPD. Talk mm -hmm. a bit about how it's being practiced across. Uh, numerous uh, industries now, as I mentioned, um, you know, the, the latest one we've been working with is uh, developing clinical processes in healthcare, uh, but it's been being practiced in consumer electronics and um, aerospace and a number of industries. So I'll talk a bit about what it looks like in each of those spaces. I'll share a bit of the, uh, the Ford story, the Ford turnaround story. Um, and I'll share a bit about my sort of latest uh, venture. I've taken uh, a bit of a sabbatical from uh, LEI uh, to be the interim COO of Rivian Automotive, uh, which is an electric vehicle startup company. Um, and it's been incredibly interesting uh, and challenging in many ways, applying these principles and practices uh, in a startup. So I'll be sharing lessons from all those experiences. Oh, excellent, excellent. So, uh, so yeah, you, you're a, a lot of elements there that uh, that are going on, and, and as I, I continue to try and draw some of those out, one of the things that I also uh, saw that that um, piqued my interest uh, was this notion of uh, or this trick that you had, that you speak of. Uh, to check the quality of, of the A3, um, what, uh, what, 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 what are you referring to there? Yeah, so that's uh, something I actually learned from one of my colleagues uh, at the Lean Enterprise Institute, Eric Ethington, who is our uh, project manager uh, for the LPPD effort and uh, teaches uh, A3 classes for A3 and has been working in this space a long time. And uh, that's to read your A3 backwards uh, to see if it sticks together. So, so often the left-hand side of the A3 doesn't talk to the right-hand side, and you don't really see the connections 
between the countermeasures that you're going to experiment with and the, the basic problem. And so by reading it backwards and saying, okay, our hypothesis is if we experiment with um, these particular countermeasures, we will move closer. We will help close that gap from the current state to the future state. And if that doesn't uh, resonate with you, if that doesn't seem logical, then maybe it's time to, to rethink your A3. Mm -hmm. So very similar to your, your the five whys, if you will, and then just kind of going if, then, if, then, if. So if we do this, then, and, and if there's that gap, there's a break or it doesn't make sense, um, then it's time to, to, right, to, to reevaluate whether or not that's actually going to have an impact, correct? That's exactly right. Because in a sense, um, when, you know, when you do an experiment, you have a hypothesis. So you have a, a condition that you think you can impact, a gap you think you can close uh, by taking some action. Um, and so just by thinking, of, thinking backwards, hey, taking these actions takes us closer to this desired state, like you said, if then, um, you can get a much better idea of uh, the logic flow uh, in your A3. Yeah, I like that. Um, what, what, uh, what brought that on? What, what uh, spirits? Yeah, so, so it's, it's interesting you ask that. So, so many times people will use an A3 um, and they will, uh, when they move from the left-hand side to the right-hand side, uh, they get so caught up in the activities in the, you know, sort of, uh, laying out your countermeasures and taking action, right? We're a very take action kind of society yeah. um, that we a little bit lose what problem it is we started out to solve. And so one of the, you know, sort of um, lean contributions to, to management in general, I think, is this idea of backing up a step and just saying, okay, guys, what's, what problem is it that we started out to solve here to begin with? And um, working backwards helps you to do that before you um, sort of, you know, step into the action phase. In a sense, um, this is also um, a big, a, large, a major feature of LPPD, and that's the study phase, right? Before you start to do detailed design, you spend a great deal of time up front understanding your customer, your context, and how this specific uh, product, whether it's service or physical product, will create value for your customer. And then creating a concept paper that gets the organization aligned around how we're gonna create this value and everybody's contribution to it. It's the same idea of um, you know, really understanding and aligning before you start uh, you know, to, take, to take action. <laughs> Yeah, understanding and aligning. Uh, wow. Um, two, two, two words there that, that uh, I think such powerful words. If we could just grab hold of, of those and really do a, a thorough job of understanding and aligning. Uh, aligning. Uh, tremendous, tremendous impact. Um, where can uh, where can folks find out more about you and the work that you do? Is it just through the LEI, or or do you have other websites that uh, that folks can list connect to? 
So the lean.org uh, website is, uh, is LEI's website, and um, on there is the LPBD section. And so there's, uh, there's a ton uh, that you can learn there. And there's also a website that's focused more on the book called designthefuture.net. Um, and both sites uh, contain um, a tremendous amount of information for people who are interested. All right, and then yes, and then that, that's that's the uh, uh, the book "Designing the Future" again, published in 2018, that was uh, co-authored with Jeff Liker. And as a reminder, as well, the two teamed up to write the Toyota Product Development System, which was a 2007 Shingo Research Award uh, winner. Um, gonna segue over and and. and ask you also about uh, matched pair strategy. I saw that uh, that that term. Uh, elaborate a little bit on that for us, if you will. What is that? So, um, great question. Again, um, I talk a lot about how uh, LPPD is an enterprise activity. And, you know, people will sort of, you know, they'll, they'll shake their heads. Yep, okay, I get it. That makes sense. But how do we do that? And one of the key alliances in product development is aligning engineering with your supply chain professionals okay. because suppliers create so much value in product development. So for instance, in the auto industry, of course, depending on the company and the vehicle, uh, suppliers provide around 60% of the total vehicle content. Um, and so it's, crucially important that you have a strong relationship with your suppliers, right? You, you sort of make them part of your extended enterprise. And the way you do that is uh, working through supply chain. And so at Ford, um, we, at the time, this is back in 2006 or seven, I think, um, we weren't so good at doing that. In fact, uh, there's an annual survey that's taken in the auto industry and we were the um, auto company that suppliers like to work with least. Um, and wow. that's not a great place to be. No. And that relationship was reflected in the relationship between engineering and purchasing. And so um, we recognized the problem and we worked together to resolve it. And um, it was again about aligning objectives, aligning around um, how we create value. And so we matched up, uh, quote unquote, um, similar level people in the supply chain organization with the engineering uh, organization. So for example, uh, in my old role as um, global director for body safety and stamping, I was matched up with uh, a lady named Susan DeSandre, who was the global purchasing director uh, for those raw materials and commodities. And then as you went through our organization, um, you know, there were similar matchups. And so together we owned um, uh, cost targets. Together we owned uh, long-term strategies on uh, commodities and components and things like that. Together we visited suppliers so we could speak with one voice and, and more importantly, listen together uh, you know, what we were hearing back from our suppliers. Um, and it turned out to be an extremely powerful strategy. Um, within a couple of years in that same survey, 
uh, we were second only to Toyota in uh, in our relationships with our suppliers. And at um, the Lean Enterprise uh, Designing the Future conference that we just held two weeks ago, uh, Susan uh, agreed to come and speak and share her story on how um, not only the story of match pairs at Ford, but how she took a similar approach uh, in her role as a supply chain executive at Apple. Um, and it really resonated with the, uh, with the participants. Uh, where, do you have other, uh, other events that uh, you're going to be, going to be speaking at uh, between now and October? Uh, Iowa is it. Iowa is it. Well, hey, um, uh, more reason, people, you need to <laughs> need to make sure you <laughs> to, uh, uh, get to the Iowa Lean uh, Consortium, the, the fall conference, uh, the annual conference uh, in uh, October of, uh, of this year. So, uh, Jim, I, I just wish uh, there, there were some things that you had passion about that we could talk about here today. <laughs> and he, yeah so sorry for being sorry for being so flat Stephen. yeah uh, <laughs> oh i love it that's yeah it, it is and and i think more and more um and and maybe maybe it's not even well it just interests me because um from the very beginning uh, of lean, if you will, you know, Toyota production system and that, you know, respect for people has always been a, a, a primary, you know, a, a pillar. But wh why do you think, and, and is it, is it a universal issue? Is it, is it a North American issue? Why do, do, do organizations here oftentimes struggle with that? Uh, and let's go, you know, tools, 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 tools. Why do you, why do you think that is? What's your experience on that? So a, a couple of observations. I, I certainly don't have the, I don't have the answer to that. But um, one thing is that the what is always so urgent, right? So um, it's all, almost always a time bound. We have to have this product out by this point, or we have to, you know, we have to produce a, a vehicle every uh, 53 seconds has to go out the door. And so the what is um, incredibly urgent in the way we do our work and sometimes um, causes us to lose um, uh, consciousness or lose awareness of the how because we just get caught up in the what. Um, I think the other reason is um, the, the people stuff is challenging, it's difficult, it's hard to measure, it's hard to have meaningful KPIs, so to speak, on the how. Um, we do things like engagement survey or we'll do 360s and get feedback on people, um, but it's, it's uh, I think most organizations struggle with um, understanding how to measure respect for people and we get so caught up in achieving metrics, achieving measures, uh, that we, we, uh, we lose sight of that. Not that it's uh, any less important. In fact, I would argue that you can't achieve the what KPIs without doing the how correctly, at least not in the long term. Um, so it's, 
it's even more important, I would argue, but we do tend to get caught up in what's measurable and what's urgent at the moment. Yeah, and I, I think truly, again, it, it oftentimes is uh, that respect for people and, and the how that I think is going to become more and more a differentiator for organizations, especially you know if, if the workforce uh, continues to be tight and the availability of, of work, workforce and, and uh, um, individuals are uh, becoming, I think, more, more savvy and understanding of, of the impact that that, uh, that that has. And so I think, yeah, if organizations and leadership don't, uh, don't begin to focus more on that, I think uh, long-term certainly uh, going to have, uh, have, have more, uh, more issues. Uh, well, geez, I, I, I could, I could talk to you for a better part of, uh, part of the, uh, uh, the day on, on these things, Jim, but I, I want to leave you something to speak about when you come in. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, no, no, no shortage, no shortage of that, Stephen. No. All right. Well, good, good, good. Hey, any, uh, those that, uh, you know, any, any closing comments here as, as, uh, uh, as the music takes us out, uh, any closing comments for uh, just any anything on your on your mind on your heart about uh, lean continuous improvement that you want to get out here this morning? So I just mentioned uh, one thing: the uh, the book, the machine that changed the world, written by Dan Jones and Jim Womack, was uh, sort of the vehicle that introduced um, you know Western culture to this idea of lean. Mm -hmm. And uh, right from the beginning, Jim and Dan talked about the lean enterprise in their comparative study between GM and Toyota. And they did talk about product development. They did talk about supply chain. They did talk about the enterprise. But for some reason, we've sort of really focused more on the manufacturing side of lean. And I think it's great to see this finally coming full circle to think about the lean enterprise again and using product as your focus, as the thing that brings you together uh, into what could potentially be a lean enterprise. So something to reflect on. All right. Well, thank you again. My guest this morning has been uh, uh, Jim Morgan, Senior Advisor for Product and Process Development at the nonprofit Lean Enterprise Institute. And uh, embarking on some some new endeavors as well. Jim's going to be speaking keynote at the October Iowa Lean Consortium conference. So, Jim, thank you again for for being a guest on the Iowa Lean Radio, the ILC Radio Network, and I look forward to actually meeting you in person in October. Really looking forward to it, Stephen. Again, thank you all for uh, for listening. And if you have not registered, do go out to the Iowa Lean website at iowalean.org and make sure that you get registered for the fall conference coming up in October. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed our show. For more information, please check us out online at iowalean.org and zstrat.com.